Well, beloved, let's go to the word. Please turn with me now to Luke 19, chapter 19, verse 1. And I'm pretty sure I saw my brother, Elder Lawrence Blake, in the house of the Lord on the day where, amen, praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord for him and my sister-in-love, Lady Janine. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, Luke 19, chapter 19 and 1 reads, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. The word of the Lord is blessed. Let's give the Lord praise for his word on this morning. Now, at this point, Jesus has just entered into the city of Jericho, the same city that Joshua and the children of Israel conquered almost 1,000 years earlier. A few moments before, as he was entering the city, he had just healed a blind man that was sitting on the side of the road that would not be quieted by the crowd. The blind man cried out so incessantly that Jesus heard him and healed him of his blindness. So as Jesus entered the city of Jericho, there was a huge crowd following with and behind him. There always seemed to be a crowd. Everywhere he went, it said that reports about him spread throughout the entire region, wherever he went. In Mark 6 and 53, it says, when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately 
the people recognized him, ran throughout that whole surrounding region, and began to carry about on beds who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Not wherever he was, but wherever they heard that he was. They thought, is he in the marketplace? Well, no, he's not here. Is he in the temple? Well, no, he's not here either. It's... So there were people going to where they heard that he was. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. Amen. So by the time that he made it to Jericho that day, his reputation had preceded him. And again, there was a large throng of people almost sweeping him along. There were some in the crowd that believed the stories that they had heard about Jesus and they just wanted to get close to him. There were some that didn't believe and they just wanted to see something happen, what all of the fuss was about. But most if not all of them hoped that Jesus would be the one to save the children of Israel from their main enemy, the Romans. Just like they had been saved from the Philistines and the Egyptians and the Amalekites in the times before. If you've been with us the past couple weeks, you know the story. But there were some that needed to be healed. There were some that just needed a touch from the master. Because again, all they had to do was touch him and they would be healed. But there were many reasons that there was such a loud, large crowd and no one could agree on what everyone there that day was thinking. But there was one thing that everyone there in the crowd that day could agree on. And that one thing that they could all agree on was they all hated a man named Zacchaeus. <laughs> now we are told three things about Brother Zacchaeus. First, we are told that he is a, was a chief tax collector. Second, that he was very rich. And third, we are told that he was very short. I can imagine that Brother Zacchaeus probably had a very, very tough time growing up. Possibly ridiculed all his life because of his size and looked down upon literally and figuratively. How many times in his life had be, he been rejected and put down? How many times in his life had he, had he been made fun of and called names. How many times had his heart been broken and his affections rejected? Never accepted. Never respected. He may have even had a slight Napoleon complex. Who can be sure? Sooner or later he may have began to resent his people as much as he wanted to be accepted by him. Sooner or later, he may have wanted them to pay. 
Well, through the Romans, he saw his opportunity. Now, we know that during this time, the children of Israel have been conquered by the Romans. They are all now suspects of Emperor Tiberius Julius Caesar Augustus. Man, so bad he had faux names. But the empire would demand a tax from all of its subjects for the glory of Rome. They would employ tax farmers from within the nation of the conquered people to collect the, to collect the taxes from the people from every subject of the Roman Empire, you know, in that area. Now, naturally, this, of course, made the tax collector one of the most hated people in the community. Think about how you all feel about the IRS. You got it? How you feel about the IRS? Then multiply that by about 500. (laughs) Nowhere in the Bible or anywhere else for that matter is the title tax collector spoken of positively. Matthew 5 and 46, it reads, For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? They were looked at as traitors to their people one of the lowest forms of life. They were seen as leeches who colluded with the enemy and profited off of their own people's pain. They were Uncle Tom's. They were considered too unclean to associate with in the community, and because of their connection with foreigners, they were not allowed in the temple. They were among the most hated group of people in the Hebrew community. But because they were representatives of the Roman Empire, so to speak, they were pretty much untouchable. If you assaulted or killed a tax collector, you would be crucified as an insurgent against the Roman Empire. Because the Roman Empire was all about their money. And you did not mess with the empire's money. So the people of Jericho hated Zacchaeus. I picture them spitting on the ground and whispering a curse every time he passed by on the street or every time they whispered his name. Now Zacchaeus in our text is said to be a chief tax collector. So he had tax collectors working under him. He was a little man that now had power, and he was now going to make them pay for years of real and perceived ridicule and abuse. He was going to make them pay, and he did, literally. He became rich by making them pay. He and his crew, his collectors, could stop a person and tax that person for nearly everything in their possession. A cart could be taxed for each wheel on the cart. It could be taxed for the animal that was pulling the cart. 
for each item that was in the cart, for how many people that were riding on the cart. Whatever was going on in Jericho, Zacchaeus made sure that he got his cut, that he was good at it. He would send to Rome the amount that he had bid for the ability to be able to, um, to collect the tax, but anything over that amount, including interest or other fees, he got to keep for himself. It was the ultimate shakedown, the ultimate protection racket. He had all of the money that he could want, but it still didn't satisfy him for some reason. There was still something missing. He was extremely rich, but there was still something wrong. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? As a nation, we have the greatest amount of wealth in the world. But of all of the wealthier nations on earth, we have the highest suicide rate. We have the highest rate of depression, the highest rate of hypertension and violent crime and family disillusion. For all of the wealth that we have as a nation, there is something missing at our core. What well, was Zacchaeus was alone. He was sad. He was hollow inside and he was hated by his own people. And when he heard that Jesus was in town, it's kind of hard to know what he may have been thinking, but for some reason, he really wanted to see who Jesus was. Maybe he heard how this man had healed the sick and raised the dead and fed a multitude. He may have heard that Jesus was kind to those that were looked down upon, like him. There was no way to know for sure, just a bunch of rumors, but for whatever reason, when Jesus came to town, Zacchaeus really wanted to see who Jesus was. And he tried to, but he could not see Jesus because he was too short. And he couldn't get through the crowd to get close to Jesus. I wonder how many people saw that Zacchaeus was trying to get closer to the front and, you know, they wanted to get a little payback. Give him a quick elbow to the side of the head, you know, a stomped on his foot or gave him a good shove or a kick in the chaos of the crowd. Ooh, now I got my chance. But in any event, it seemed that the crowd was unanimous in their intent, intent to keep Zacchaeus from where he was trying to get. But he was smart, Brother Zacchaeus. Always a step ahead. Always knew how to be in the right place at the right time. You don't get to be that rich by not being in the right place at the right time. In his desperation, he saw the route where Jesus was going through the middle of Jericho. He then saw a sycamore tree along the side of the road. He had probably seen it many times as he, as he passed by, years in the past, but at that moment, he saw it differently. And he decided to climb that tree 
so that he could get a glimpse of Jesus. Sometimes you have to climb up a little higher if you're going to see Jesus. Sometimes. Sometimes even though we know that there's nowhere where you can go where Jesus cannot see us, sometimes we have to climb up a little bit higher if we're going to see him. You have to climb higher in your thinking. You have to climb higher up out of some of your old habits, your old thought patterns, your old perspective. Sometimes you have to, have to climb a little higher. Sometimes you have to climb a little higher in your mindset. Sometimes the climb makes all the difference. The world looks a whole lot different after you climb up a little higher. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you, but I'm trying to climb a little higher. The title of our message today is The Climb. The Climb. So after Zacchaeus climbed the sycamore tree, he was able to see Jesus. There Jesus was, walking, smiling touching people not too far from where Zacchaeus was. Well, before he realized it, Jesus looks up straight at him and calls his name. Zacchaeus! Zacchaeus! Come down! Come down! Now, for some reason, I don't think that Jesus finished the whole statement at the same time he called Zacchaeus down. That would be too easy. Doesn't seem like that's how it would have went in, in my spiritual imagination. I like to think that he said Zacchaeus come down first and then finish the statement after Zacchaeus made it to him. But can you imagine what it would have been like or what may have been going through Zacchaeus's head as he climbed down from that tree and walked through the crowd? Everyone's staring at him. Zacchaeus thinking, what is he going to say to me? Is he going to condemn me? How did he even know my name? It may have been a short walk, but I bet it felt like an eternity. Is he going to judge me? Is he going to try to make an example of me? Is he going to make fun of me and ridicule me? and insult me and the crowd that same crowd that kept him from being able to see Jesus that same crowd that hated him and pushed him had to move aside and make a path for Zacchaeus to get to Jesus listen when your name gets called by God, those same people that stood in your way are going to have to move. I said, when your name gets called by God, those same people that hated on you are going to have to get out the way so you can get close to God. Hallelujah. Now, you know how much we love to see someone get a spanking when they've done us wrong. 
When Jesus told Zacchaeus to come down, I can picture the crowd thinking, oh yes, Zacchaeus is finally going to get what's coming to him. Jesus is going to read him the riot act. He's going to give it to him with both barrels. Yes. I can see everybody leaning in with great anticipation to hear Jesus condemn brother Zacchaeus. And then he says the second part of the sentence. Then he drops the bomb. I must stay at your house. What? Somebody in the crowd shouts. There was a grumbling. They were shocked. Why would the Messiah want to eat with a tax collector? They said he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. They murmured. You see, they wanted Jesus to condemn Zacchaeus, make an example of him. But instead, Jesus accepted Zacchaeus. Man would have God give out justice to those that they don't like or approve of, but instead God gives them mercy. Somebody say mercy. He accepts them. He loves them. If anything, they should have been trying to help Zacchaeus get to Jesus any way that they could. They should have picked Zacchaeus up and crowd surfed him to Jesus so he could help him out, get his heart right. But they looked down on Zacchaeus. They judged him never really acknowledging the fact that they were just as in need of salvation as Zacchaeus was. To them, Zacchaeus had no place in the kingdom that the Messiah was going to build or the kingdom that they thought the Messiah was going to build. Again, to them, Zacchaeus was a betrayer, was a traitor, to them, Zacchaeus should have been one of the first people up against the wall when the new regime came to power. They only thought that they were holier than Zacchaeus because their sins and wrongdoings were not as open and commonly hated as Zacchaeus' sin was. How many of you know that there are some popular sins and there are some unpopular sins? We usually like to brag about the popular sins we used to do. You know, well, I used to be out there on the street, you know. I used to handle my business, you know, but then the Lord touched me. I say, well, if you're so happy that the Lord forgave you, how come you're smiling when you talk about the sin you used to do? <laughs> but no matter how popular or unpopular your sin was, it's still sin. And the wages of sin is death. However... No matter how popular or, or unpopular your sin, Christ came so that you would have life. Give the Lord praise because he came so that you would have life on this morning. Well, the crowd judged Zacchaeus and wanted Jesus to condemn him, but to their confusion and disgust, Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. Now, the crowd, like us, all wore their mask. You see, we try to put on our best face when we come before God because 
you know, sometimes as if to show him or the rest of us that we have it all together. We sometimes forget that we ourselves had to walk down to the altar one day to get saved. We forget sometimes that we were once in need of cleansing. Like those in the crowd that day, sometimes we like to give off the impression to the rest of the crowd that we were born saved and blameless. But God knows what you used to be like back in the day. Look at your neighbor and say, back in the day. He remembers when you came to the altar and who you used to be when you were doing whatever, whenever, with whoever. He remembers all of that. We like to judge those that don't fit our idea of how they should be because sometimes they remind us of who we used to to be before we found Jesus, before we found our sanity. Every once in a while it's good just to take a glance back just to see who you were before you found your sanity. Amen. But Jesus came to save the lost. He came for those in the crowd that we might not have chosen to be lifted up. I'm just glad that one day he came for me because I don't deserve to be standing here myself. Somebody give the Lord praise if you're happy that one day he reached out for you. Oh, come on now, take a second just to think about who you used to be, what you used to do, where you used to run. Think about it. Now give him praise that one day he reached out for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. However, one of the most important characters in our account today is one of the most overlooked characters in this story. The most silent member of the crowd, but the only member of the crowd that did the right thing. The only one that was a part of the crowd that actually did the right thing was the tree. Yes, the sycamore tree, I said it. The sycamore tree that Zacchaeus climbed up on to see Jesus. You see, sycamore trees are said to live for more than 500 years. God put that tree there hundreds of years before Zacchaeus was even born so they would be ready and in the right place so that, to lift Zacchaeus up so that he, see, he could see Jesus. This lets us know that God has everything in place to help you get blessed before you even know that you need to be trying to look for Jesus. It's already there. Stick with me now. Now, for those that are already a part of the church, planted and in place, before those who are even hurting even get here, we have to ask ourselves, are we going to be like the crowd that sought to keep Zacchaeus from seeing Jesus? Are we going to be the, the, like those that push him away from Jesus? Are we going to kick someone out of our favorite seat that really needs to be there to hear the word? Or are we going to be like the tree to lift those up who need to see Jesus? 
You see, we who already claim to know Jesus should be trying as hard as we can to help those who don't know him get as close as they can to Jesus. If you've already been here for a while, you need to be helping those who might not know him get closer. Like the crowd that had to get out of the way when Jesus called Zacchaeus' name, we need to realize that Jesus has called the names of those who have come here. That person worshiping in here that you might not know, Jesus called their name. If not, they would not be here right now. We need to help them get closer to Jesus. They are our new brothers and sisters. When we are so concerned about our place close to Jesus that we can't help them get closer to Christ and lift them up, then we become just like the crowd that kept Zacchaeus from being able to see Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, be like the tree. You see, I'm going to try to lift people up so they can see Jesus. I'm, going, I'm not going to stand between somebody and Jesus when they come to church trying to get close to the Lord. I'm not going to let my attitude and my behavior or my response to people get in the way of somebody trying to see Jesus when they come to church. Again, look at your neighbor and say, be like the tree. I know I might have just stepped on a couple people's toes. Some of y'all was mean to somebody who came to church this morning. But Zacchaeus, spurned, hated by everyone in town, rejected by his people, re rejected at the temple, rejected in his community, rejected in the crowd, yet accepted, loved and lifted by this man named Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 And Jesus would have been telling the truth if he had said, Zacchaeus, you are a dirty, wretched sinner. Repent. You see, that's what the crowd wanted. That's what most of us would have wanted. Some of us would have wanted Jesus to preach a sermon on the sin of stealing money. Or we would have wanted Jesus to slap him on the forehead and say, demon of greed, come out, repent. But instead, it's almost as if Jesus laid out a table for him in the presence of his enemies. Instead of condemning Zacchaeus, he said, let's go to your house. And at that point, the religious crowd turned against Jesus and criticized him for spending time with a sinner, a tax collector named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was probably just as shocked as the crowd was. Here is someone who he had heard healed the sick, raised the dead, commanded the wind and the waves, commanded the storm that wanted to come to his house, the most hated man in Jericho's house for dinner. You see, to eat with someone was a very, very special thing in the Middle Eastern Oriental culture.
Well, all right. I had to get that for my brothers and sisters in the back, see? <laughs> but to eat with someone was a very special thing in Middle Eastern Oriental culture. You see, there were no restaurants or fast food or drive throughs back then. You couldn't just ride your donkey up to the place and get something to eat. To eat with someone spoke to trust, that you wouldn't be poisoned, for example. It also had to do with a certain societal status. You see, a person of higher rank and status could lift the host up with his presence or her presence simply by coming to their house to break bread together. The breaking of bread implied recognition that in at least basic needs that both parties were equally human and that they must eat to survive. Of a certain stature, you just coming to my house would lift my stature up in the community. So off they went to Brother Zacchaeus' house for dinner. Jesus, Zacchaeus, the disciples, and the rest of that complaining, murmuring crowd hanging around outside of Zacchaeus' house. I don't know, if I was a kid, I might have been like, nah, y'all can't hang out in front of my, get out my yard. <laughs> but I've always wondered how it was when they went into Zacchaeus' house. In my mind, I can see them sitting there enjoying a very nice meal, you know, because Zacchaeus was rich. He probably had all of the fixes. He, maybe a little lamb, maybe some fish, maybe some dates and olive, a little Manischewitz, grape juice and at some point Jesus probably looked at Zacchaeus and said so uh, how are things on the job Zacchaeus and before he knows it Zacchaeus is pouring out his heart to Jesus confessing how he had been stealing from the people how much he hurt on the inside how he could not find any peace we don't know what they talked about Jesus probably told Zacchaeus who he really was as a child of God. He probably told Zacchaeus how much God loved him, how valuable he was to God. Jesus may have told Zacchaeus how things and possessions could not make him happy. He probably told him that only in helping others can you find true happiness. He probably told him that the reason he was so blessed financially was that so he could bless others. You see, we don't know. The Bible does not record it. But whatever they talked about at the end of the conversation, I picture Zacchaeus jumping up and saying loud enough for everybody at the party to hear, stop the music. Stop, stop the music. Not stop the music. Things go down easier with strings sometimes, you know. It's <laughs> Stop the music. Stop the music. Keep the music going. Lord, Lord, I, 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 give, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I, I restore it fourfold. I'll give back four times the amount that I have taken from people. Do you know how rich you have to be to give back four times what you've taken from people and still have enough to live off of? 
Jesus then spoke back to him, saying loud enough for all to hear, the crowd outside included, especially the crowd outside included, salvation has come to this house. Somebody give the Lord praise that salvation came to his house. Because if salvation can come to Zacchaeus' house, Salvation can come to your house. Hallelujah. Now, why was it when Zacchaeus said that he was giving back the money that he had extorted, did Jesus say that? Did Jesus say that salvation has come to his house? Of course, you can't buy salvation no matter how much money you have. But the most important aspect what really brought salvation to his house, the one thing that made him give back to the poor and those that he had stolen from was his repentant heart. God gave him a new heart. Jesus knew that it was the change in his heart that was behind his decision to give back what he had taken. Jesus saw that Zacchaeus no longer wanted to be the man that he used to be. Zacchaeus wanted more. Just like he climbed that sycamore tree, he wanted to climb higher in his spirit. He wanted to be a different man. He wanted to be a new man. He was ultimately esteemed more highly than those in the crowd that looked down on him. He was a new creation. Zacchaeus learned that day that if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what you have done in the past. It doesn't matter what your reputation is in the streets or online. It doesn't matter that people may look down on you. What really matters is that Jesus wants to spend time with you. He loves you more than you could imagine. Romans 8 and 5 reads, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or swore. Then down to verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Lamentations 3 and 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, every morning, every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Give the Lord praise if you know anything about new mercy. See, I might have used my mercy, yesterday's mercy up. I need new mercy for today. And guess what? I'm going to need some new mercy tomorrow. 
But you don't have to stay where you are. You can climb up a little higher. Life may have tried to keep you down, but you can climb up a little higher. He came all the way from heaven down so that we could climb up a little higher. Give the Lord praise if you're ready to climb higher. Give the Lord praise if you're ready to climb higher in a relationship. Higher in your finances. Higher in your purpose. Higher in your future. Give the Lord praise if you're ready to climb higher. Oh, go on and worship him on this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone standing, everyone in the house of the Lord standing. Hallelujah. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Sing with me. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground my heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay though some may dwell where these abound my prayer my aim is higher her ground lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on Eyes closed.